is amazingly now after week six of the high school football season. We are barreling towards week number seven, and it's time for our weekly get-together. Greg Rakestraw, Bob Stanfazzi on the State Champs Indiana Extra Point podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. Over 100-degree programs offered at a university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest, according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more at ltu.edu. Brother Baz, how you doing? Just great. Uh, maybe going to get some rain today. That's what I'm excited about. <laughs> that that when you get the, where I live, when you get the first measurable rain in literally about 40 days. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and it's even to the point where we're like, you know, all this glorious football weather on Friday nights has been outstanding. Like literally, we had like maybe one kind of hot Friday around 90. Ever since then, it's been sunny 70s. Uh, you know, you know, chillier than that for game night. Uh, game night's been perfect. Even I'm like, you know, we could use a little rain uh, around these parts. But uh, then again, so much high school football is played on AstroTurf. I'm not sure it matters uh, from a weather condition standpoint anymore. <laughs> what was the game you had on Friday night, my friend? Well, we had homecoming at Wabash Alumni Field. Northfield came in. Northfield and Wabash, this big TRC slobber knocker. Northfield uh, come away victorious 24-8. to eight, And uh, they led throughout the game, jumping off with three points in the first quarter on a big uh, uh, 32-yard field goal by Trent Osborne. And then they just kind of settled into Brian Baker offense head football coach from Northfield he wants to eat as much clock as he possibly can and that's exactly what they did it was three yards left three yards right Woody Hayes up the middle and go for the first down and move the chains but uh, back came Wabash Greg in the fourth quarter and put uh, some points on the board they got into a hurry up offense and it wasn't been for two penalties uh, on uh, an illegal formation and a false start uh, this game might have got a little more interesting. You've got two very good 1A football teams that uh, that, that that you follow on a regular basis. Obviously, yes. Southwood is when we talked about last week. When Northfield and Southwood got together, 25-8, so a decisive win for Southwood, but by no means a blowout. No. Those two are in the same sectional, sectional 44, along with Adams Central, who were beaten by South Adams in their big rivalry game um, over the course of, of this past weekend. What sort of shot do the Norsemen have against either the Jets or against Southwood? That's a great question. Uh, Norfield, I think back to that uh, Southwood game you alluded to, Greg, and uh, they were pretty nicked up. Uh, they're starting to get some players back, uh, most notably the Hopper kid. Their speed, uh, he is back, and uh, he really looked good on Friday night. Jake Haldeman, the quarterback, is getting much better. And what they've been able to do, Greg, when they weren't able to do early in the season was get some kids rested during the game. So I think they're going to be competitive. Uh, they still try to suck you in to get that pass over the top. If they throw six uh, passes a game, stop the presses. It should be a national holiday. But they're going to have an opportunity. There's no doubt about it. How that draw comes out, boy, I shake my head. Even though Adam Central has two losses, they're the two outstanding teams in East Side and to South Adams. So you could take those two losses, throw them out the window, and they would be 4-0. So the, the sectional, I think, does come down to Norfield, Southwood, and Adam Central, to be quite honest. All right, so with that, let's talk about the game that I was able to uh, call on Friday night, and it was Carmel and North Central. 38-14 is the final score. It was not that type of game for most of the game. In fact, North Central was driving 
uh, and, and thought they had the go-ahead touchdown to lead 21-17 in the third quarter. Uh, there was a penalty called against North Central that waved off the touchdown. They end up in not getting in the end zone. They end up missing their field goal. And from that point in time, Carmel takes off and leaves them, scores all 21 points in the second half, uh, got a short field because of a punt, um, and, and scored a couple of plays later. And that gave him a three-score lead early in the fourth quarter, and, and Carmel's able to go away from there. So, again, to show you the difference in the Mick this year, Carmel is now in second place in the Mick from a from a conference game standpoint. They're three and one. Center Grove is five and zero. Oh. When Center Grove and Carmel got together, Center Grove won forty two nothing. Center Grove led fifty nine nothing at halftime of their game against Lawrence Central, who who is the last place team in the Mick. And, and as you've heard me describe probably last week, uh, and I realize we're, we're audio not video, so I'll try not to reference the hand gestures I'm making. Uh, <laughs> Center Grove is 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 way atop the league. LC's behind everybody. Teams two through seven, it's how they play on a given night. So there is not, honestly, 24 points difference between Carmel and North Central, but there was on Friday night. And now you've got a Carmel team that um, you know, they won three games in a row. They had to go to double overtime to beat Pike. Uh, they had to use a field goal at the gun to beat Lawrence North. Uh, they were able to get some distance from North Central and, and put them in their rearview mirror. Again, what's so different for Carmel this year is that they are in the southern half of the draw. However, they're in the same sectional as Brownsburg, who were upset by Westfield on, uh, on, on Friday night, 43-42 in overtime. After losing to Cathedral in week one, now the Shamrocks have rattled off five consecutive victories. And Westfield gets added into that mix of, of teams in the northern half of the draw that all look around and go, hey, we had a shot of playing the state finals this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, it, so, so Carmel is getting their ducks in a row. And, and, and they're also starting to – they've been bit by the injury bug big time all year where they have missed key pieces. One of them, their leading returning tackle from last year, and Dominic Padgett, who has yet to play this year. But they were without their, their Division One offensive line commit, Justin Pickett, who's going to play at Duke. He was out on Friday night. Uh, that young man checks in at 6'7 and 320, mm-hmm. and he plays left guard uh, mm-hmm. for that football team. So – uh, go figure, Bob. Carmel's kind of rounding in the form as the season's hitting the uh, the business end of things. You know, it's kind of funny you bring that up, Greg, because you think about them early in the season, uh, struggling at times and, and getting all the pieces of the puzzle put together. And now as things progress, and you have alluded to this numerous weeks uh, the past two years, how getting to the end of the season, that's exactly what Carmel and those big teams do, really get ready for the uh, – tournament run and guess what it's just a short time away and again just just the way that things are kind of shaping up here if you're in the southern half of the draw everything is when would we see center grove when would we line up against the trojans and for carmel it would not be until the semi-state um and again what does carmel have anything for cg by the time you get to the weekend before thanksgiving i have no idea um but it, it it's comforting, like, okay, we don't have to see those guys until late. Now, again, Brownsburg's not going to be easy for Carmel. Avon is, is kind of rounding into form. They thumped Fisher's pretty good on Friday night. One other game from this area that I wanted to reference, at least at the 6A level, uh, and that is what um, LN did against beating Ben Davis. LN won that game in overtime, 
and and is is this a vintage Ben Davis team? Probably not. But at the same time, this is a Lawrence North team that needed to get over the hump against one of the big boys. You know, they had the close loss to North Central. Then they had the overtime loss to Carmel. And this is a Lawrence North team that's going for their first winning season since 2005. They have been more competitive, and they have a potential Mr. Football candidate in in Donovan McCulley uh, that's going to play football at IU next year. But they just needed to somehow find a victory against the Ben Davises, Warren Central, Center Groves, and, and, and Carmels of the world. Well, they got one against Ben Davis. Now they go to Warren Central, a game I think they can win on Friday night. Then they host Center Grove in week number eight. And again, that's probably a different story. But a chance for Warren, for, for Lawrence or to pick up another win or two before the season is over. And again, if they get to six wins, they guarantee that first winning season in 15 years. Tip of the cap to Pat Mallory and the win they had on Friday night. Uh, another big part of that, Greg, is the fact, to me, I give credit because of the win in overtime. You can win in that 48 minutes. Great. You know, that's a W. But to go against a quality program, a quality program like a Ben Davis, to get it in overtime really gives you some satisfaction. and tells your kids we are capable of achieving success. Again, today's program is presented by Lawrence Technological University, located in Southfield, Michigan. They offer 27 teams across 22 sports. Track and field and even men's volleyball to some of the newest offerings. There's nothing quite like being a college athlete. If you've dreamed about it, check this out. Head over to ltuathletics.com and click the Be Recruited tab on the homepage. Fill out the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, so with that, Bob, who else from your area deserves a mention from what they did on Friday night? Well, I, I think you have to look. we got to go into the sack out in Fort Wayne's Summit Athletic Conference and if you have a 5-1 record, you're one of three teams that are tied at the top. As Carol Dwinger and Holmes said, uh, all are setting at 5-1 in the uh, Summit Athletic Conference. Now, this week, what is interesting about that, you now have Homestead and Carroll, two of the top three teams. They're going to do battle, and you have the Battle of the Bishops uh, this Friday night. Dwinger and Lures, that is always a scramble. Uh, as the winger has come back and, and the Lytle kid, Brendan Lytle is really lighting it up right now for the winger, uh, just leading that offense and showing a lot of confidence. Another big win over the weekend, as far as I'm concerned, comes from the Prune Tigers. Uh, they, they go five and uh, five and one overall, four and one in conference play, and they go to Southwood this week. And Coach Robinson St. Louis has done a great job, just remember, Three years ago, they were 0 and 10. And then the last thing I want to mention, and I know it's coming up, but the big showdown uh, in Indianapolis this week from the north as Mishawaka Marion uh, will take on uh, uh, Elkhart. Uh, excuse me, Mishawaka Marion uh, takes on Elkhart this week, and Maryville goes to Cathedral. Those are some games I'm really going to be focused on and excited to see how they come out. All right, so Maryville's not going to Cathedral. They're going to Chittard. They're Can going they to the, Cathedral. I apologize. Chittard. It's, it's, it's okay. It, it, it's, it's like instead of back in the day, instead of facing the Soviet Olympic team, you're getting the one from East Germany. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's, 
not exactly a, a big difference there uh, in terms of level of competition, even though Cathedral did beat Chittard in week number four. But yes, this was supposed to be Maryville and Valpo this week, correct? Hey. So, yeah, so Chittard had an opening on their schedule for several weeks. This is one of those, again, we, we call them arranged marriages, whatever the case may be, where um, I love the fact that teams are aggressively looking to go out and find quality teams to play. This is a game that will benefit both teams. Um, this this Maryville will be, I would assume, very similar to Cathedral in terms of what Chittard will face. Chittard to Maryville would probably be just a tick below playing Valparaiso from a size and athleticism standpoint. So immediately, these two teams, this is, you know, one of the two or three best teams on their schedule that they will face. So instead of there and, and just, you know, self-scouting or not playing on a Friday night, this is a wonderful challenge for each of these two teams. And I applaud them uh, for, uh, uh, for, for scheduling one another. Uh, job well done by each of those two athletic departments. Let's talk about Mishawaka Marion for a second, yeah. Yeah. because they come off beating Penn last week, correct? Yes. All right. So for Mishawaka Marion, that puts them solidly at number two uh, in 3A, again, in my estimation. I'm sure the voters feel different because Chittard has a loss. But to me, it's Chittard is the defending champion that I have at number one. And then Mishawaka Marion kind of slides in behind them. And yes, this is not the Penn days of old. They have been down by their own lofty standards in each of the last couple of years. But playing a school like Penn will, again, get them ready to potentially play a Chittard. And this is a reminder to people that, you know, for many years, that easily could have been a state championship game. Mm -hmm. But in this two-year cycle, Chittard is actually in the northern half of the 3A draw. So those two teams would not see each other until they get to the semi-state round, not the state championship. But again, this that, that that's the way this is setting. I know we talked about Concordia Lutheran yeah. on the show a week ago, but just again, something to, uh, to kind of consider to contemplate, but a very impressive victory for Mishawaka Marion. Now, Bob, let's talk about Elkhart because yeah. they got my attention when they made that long trip and beat Columbus East earlier this year, clearly the merger of Memorial and, and Central going well from a football standpoint for the Lions. No doubt about it. And, and right now, one of the things that I look at with this program is their defense. They've only allotted 87 points totally on the year, and they've really stuck it up uh, big time on that defensive side of the football, actually only giving up 25 points in conference play. Now, granted, they've only had two conference games, but this program – uh, surprise to me, Greg, I'll be quite frank with you, has gelled together as a unit. There's no animosity up there. They've gelled. We are one program now. We are Elkhart, and that's the way they've approached it, and they're really picking up the community support, which is I, I also feel is pretty exciting for Elkhart once again to have sports back in the forefront. By the way, the other team I want to mention and give them a, a tip of the cap uh, and it's one we've talked about virtually every week. It is Indianapolis Cathedral. Uh, Cathedral uh, picks up another win uh, against a Cincinnati Catholic power. <laughs> this time they beat Cincinnati LaSalle. Cathedral gets to 6-0. and They will face one more GCL team. That's the Greater Catholic League, for those that uh, aren't familiar with, with, with those powerhouse schools. 
in Cincinnati. They get Elder coming up to play at Arlington uh, on, on Friday night. Uh, I, I, I've been to the pit. I can't tell you how good Elder is. I did the Elder Cathedral game a couple of years ago on TV, and it was a game that, uh, that Elder won in the final minute. Uh, I think it was a similar defeat for Cathedral last year when they played Elder down in Cincinnati. In fact, it was. They lost in overtime by a score of 38 to 31. If you're an Indiana University football fan, you know who Melder's coach is. At least you know who his son is because that's Peyton Ramsey's dad that is the head football coach at Elder. Of course, Peyton these days is at Northwestern and not down at Indiana University. But a chance for Cathedral, I only say this half jokingly, to claim the GCL championship um, <laughs> because of having victories over St. X and LaSalle of the larger greater Catholic league schools in Cincinnati. The only one that Cathedral isn't playing this year is Moeller. And Moeller has an, already has a loss to a school from Indiana as they lost at East Central back in week number three. But for all of the success that Cathedral has had over the decades, a couple of things to point out here. A, the Irish have not won a state championship in six years. They might, that might not seem like much to most people, but uh, that's a long time from a Cathedral perspective. The other thing that really catches my attention is that for the success that Cathedral has on a regular basis, they usually, because of playing larger competition, they usually maybe don't have the best record. In other words, like you're impressed by what you see from them on the field, but they'll often go to the postseason, four and five, five and four, six and three. Cathedral is six and oh. The last time they had an undefeated season was 24 years ago when they went 14 and oh. And again, they have played a couple of regional powers. They have now beaten two ranked teams in 6A who basically Cathedral accounts for two of the three losses that Westfield and Carmel have. Now, there is the obvious showdown that is setting up on October the 16th between Cathedral and Center Grove. So um, is Cathedral going to go undefeated in the postseason? Probably not. But is Cathedral perhaps the best team that Center Grove is going to face all year? Yeah, Bob, I kind of think that's the case. So a, a quick shout out to the Cathedral Fighting Irish and, and what they've been able to do uh, in racking up some very impressive wins over the last couple of Fridays. And Bob, you've heard me say that I thought this was the deepest that 5A has ever been. I still think that's the case. But I also think this Cathedral team might be the best team to compete at the 5A level. And again, when I say that, I mean this is now the eighth year there has been a separate 5A from 6A. I think Cathedral is the best 5A team in that eight-year span. All right, my friend, what, what game do you have coming up on Friday night? Well, we're going to be out at Southwood as Southwood takes on Peru. Now, this is huge in the TRC because Southwood is 4-0 conference play. Peru 4-1. Tippy Valley knocking on the door at 4-1. So this is a huge game for Southwood if they want to claim the title again in the TRC. Remember now, they've won 32 consecutive regular season football games, and this is a football team that is really kind of moving some kids around, Greg, and it's allowed them to go deeper. And by doing so, uh, they're getting some fresh kids out there. Their defense is playing lights out, giving up just 21 points in conference play, 60 overall by scoring over 233. And, and Peru comes in a controlled running team. I mean, they like to run the football. Southwood, they want to run, got a giggle on the field. I mean, that's all they want to do is get out and go. 
So this is going to be a great matchup Friday night on 105.9 The Bank. All right, my game, I mentioned it already, is Lawrence North. Uh, we saw Lawrence North back-to-back weeks and come up with L's in week four and week five. In fact, Lawrence North may not have us back to do any games because uh, the last couple of years, they tend to lose when our cameras have been there, which is not good news for them because we've got to meet to the next two weeks. And again, we've got Lawrence North and Warren Central, and they are in sectional number seven. North Central is part of that group as well. You heard me reference the fact that LN has not had a winning season in 15 years. LN has not won a sectional in 30 years. They're playing a Warren Central team that we saw back in week three, uh, although it was only week two for them uh, because they did not play in week one. Warren is exceedingly young this year. Well, since the last time we saw Warren, they started to get some things figured out. You know, they didn't score the first two weeks of the season. They've been putting points on the board in bunches ever since that time. They returned one starter on offense and tied in Michael Clark. They returned three starters on defense, uh, Reed, Nichols, Powell. Um, they were a very good defensive team last year. They are equally good on defense this year, but now their offense has started to figure some things out. And again, for those schools, it's about, okay, can, can I claim that sectional championship? You know, North Central now has lost back-to-back games. Uh, they're, t- they're targeting their second sectional in three years, which makes it their second sectional in all of about 27 years for North Central. So we are now to that point of the season where these teams are starting to focus on, all right, what does my postseason path look like? Even though for the 5A and 6A schools, we are still a little more than a month away from that taking place. Anything else for the good of the cause this morning? Just got a great week of football coming up there. Get out there and watch these kids play. Sounds good. And again, don't freak out, folks, uh, because what's coming from the sky, that's rain. That's actually supposed to do that. (laughs) For Bob Stambazzi and Wes Wolf behind the scenes, this is Greg Rakestraw. Thanks for joining us on the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast.